Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I'll be bringing you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Welcome to episode number 60 of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, and I am coming live, not live for you, but I just want to say that, from Rome. Italia. Lex and I are here for the next three weeks. We are traveling through southern, southern Italy. We head to the Amalfi Coast tomorrow, and it's Lexi's 30th birthday. It's our eight-year anniversary, and it's a, it's it's only been, this is our third day here, and it has been amazing. Just so much history thousands of years of history learning about how rome was started by romulus hence the name rome it's just it's amazing seeing the colosseum which fitted it fit 53 to 58000 people in it and they had games for 100 consecutive days in a row quite often and there was animals from all around the world that would be killed there it was, it, it was slaves and gladiators and you saw where the gladiators trained it's amazing traveling will truly change your perspective and truly expand your mind but that's not what this episode's about this episode is really about i want to talk about releasing burdens we all carry things we're always carrying things emotionally psychologically in our psyche everywhere and a lot of us carry so much, and some of us carry things that nobody asked us to carry. We carry them because we just thought it'd be a good idea. For example, for such a long time, I had this kind of savior complex where I thought that if I could just save everybody, if I could just carry all their emotions and, hey, I'll be there for you, you can tell me what's going on. And I did that for years. And... It's kind of like this analogy. I'm sure you, a lot of you have heard this analogy of the backpack. It's like, as you're walking along, you're an empty backpack and you come across somebody, you're like, hey, brother, let me uh, carry some of those rocks you've got there. It's like, well, they're my rocks. That's okay, man. I'll carry them for you. And you just put some rocks in your backpack and then you've got your own rocks, your own things that happen and you load your backpack up. You put some bigger rocks in there and you put some little more little rocks in there and you get some big rocks. And eventually your backpack's so heavy that you can't go on anymore. And for me, I filled up my backpack and I was like, you know what? I carry some kettlebells, some dumbbells. You know what? This isn't hard enough. I might start walking uphill. You know what? I might attach a sled around my waist. I did that for years, and it's not my job to save anybody. It's not your job to save anybody. Nobody can save anybody else. The only person that you can really help is yourself. It's the only person. 
And that was so liberating for me. That really helped me. I realized probably like a year and a half, two years ago that it wasn't my job to save anybody or to do anybody else's inner work for them. And I can't make somebody feel anything. I used to be so scared of if I created boundaries in my life that I would make people feel a certain way. Just like number 58, where I talked about that, that you cannot make anybody feel anything. You can say something and they can feel a certain way, but you cannot make them feel anything. Just like nobody can make you feel anything. Your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, they're all your responsibility and they are all created by you. But how do we release these burdens? How do we, if we've got a backpack full of these little rocks, whatever they may be, how do we release them? How do we let go of them? And the best way is to start off small. Start off with the little things. So I have a list here of some little things that I'm learning about right now in that course that I'm doing that I wanted to share with you guys. I covered this in my course yesterday. I was listening to some coursework. There's how to release burdens. Tend to the easy fix tasks. What is an easy fix task? Begin by addressing the easy or obvious tasks first, such as changing that light bulb in your nightstand. You know what I'm talking about. These tiny little things, cleaning out your refrigerator, paying down your credit card bill, getting a haircut, asking for that raise, expressing your truth to your partner, and so on. Each one of these tiny little things may be so small. It could be like booking that doctor's appointment that you've been putting off. It could be canceling that subscription that you don't use anymore. Maybe you've got two or three different gym memberships. For me, for example, I've got two gym memberships. I use one of them. The other one I don't use. And I, it doesn't bother me that much. It's only $8 biweekly for this other gym membership, but I don't use it ever. So it's like, well, why would you spend $16 a month on nothing? That is one, a burden that I need to let go of. It's a tiny little one. But if you, if you have all these tiny little pebbles you're putting in your backpack, it eventually gets really heavy. And eventually it'll nag on you. For me, for example, when I am a, like sometimes when I first wake up and sometimes when I'm just about to go to sleep, these things come up. They come up from my subconscious. They're always in the background. If you are carrying a lot and feel like that you may be pulled in all different directions, start off with these little things. Cleaning out the storage locker, for example, or cleaning your car because it's a little bit dirty or paying down that credit card bill or canceling that credit card you don't use anymore. It's just sitting there or whatever it may be, these tiny little things. And then you can build up from that. And that will give you confidence. It'll give you momentum. It'll, 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 you'll feel so good about just like detaching from all these little places that your energy is going. We all have them. We all have them all the time. These little energetic things that pull at us in all different directions that by themselves individually, like I said earlier, are not big things, but they add up. They really, really add up. So once you've done that, start identifying some bigger burdens, some bigger things. So for example, these will be more obvious ones. So things like 
interpersonal issues like withholding the truth from a loved one or e even outright lying to someone being dishonest is a major burden no matter what the context hurting loved ones or people in general like um letting others take advantage of allowing others to hurt or abuse you judging others making comparisons this also includes areas of commitment such as starting things and not following through with them. So these are the bigger things. It's it's much bigger than maybe changing that light in a light bulb or for me, canceling that second gym membership. It might be things like you, things you hold inside you that you maybe are ashamed about. So how do we know that something is shame-based? It is something that we hide because Anything that we hide, why do we feel like we need to hide it? So for some people, it could be addictions to things. It could be things that you are spending money on. It could be um, for men, a lot of people, a lot of men have serious issues with pornography, for example. And it could be telling somebody the truth about that. It could be being vulnerable, these bigger things that, are affecting you that are, that are that are these burdens that you are carrying within yourself or maybe like i know people that have been in relationships for a long time the person i'm thinking of is no longer in the relationship but they were carrying this burden of that when the relationship first started five years ago that they the first couple of months they actually cheated on their partner and they carried that for five years. They eventually told the, the person about it. And it turns out that that person had also cheated in the same period of time, which is very interesting, which created a very strange dynamic of, well, were you ever going to tell me? Uh, I'm not sure. So they're both carrying these burdens in this relationship and was basically doomed to fail by the sound of it, because both people were hiding things. But that's an example. These bigger things that maybe you push away, you push away, you're like, oh, I don't need to tell anybody that. I'll be fine. I'll forget about it. You don't. Trust me. I've, I've dealt with things that are big that you think you can lock away and throw away the key. Like, I'm going to forget about that. I had a burden for many, many years. Of, of I treated this girl. This girl posted this video on social media, and it was like a modeling video. And she had like kind of like a see-through shirt, so you could see the shape of her body. She was beautiful. I was like 19, 20 years old, and it was it went. It was on Facebook at the time, and I basically just shat on her. I was just rude, horrible. And it's because that when I was about 10, 11, 12, I, <laughs> even when I talk about it, even when I deal with this stuff, I, I feel it's like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. So I made this bracelet for this girl in grade seven. And I had this idea of like, I'm going to make this bracelet for her. She's going to absolutely love it. And she'll fall in love with me and we'll live happily ever after. This was the first time that I felt the searing wound of embarrassment with a woman, with a girl. I remember the feeling. It, it, it scarred me. It was a scar. 
And I wrote her this nice letter about how I really liked her. It was the last day of school when I was like, you know what? I've I got to say something. It's the last day of grade seven. She's going to a different high school. I've got to say something here. So I, I wrote this letter. I made her this bracelet. And I gave it to her. She's like, thank you. And then nothing really happened. Later on in the day, I walked past a trash bin. I saw the bracelet was broken into a bunch of pieces. And the letter was in the bin. That hurt me a lot. That action caused an effect in me that any time I saw a very attractive woman, very attractive, that I was very attracted to, I would be mean. Even though I didn't want to be mean, it's like I wanted them, I wanted to connect with them, I wanted to talk to them, I wanted to have some kind of connection with them. I was highly, heavily attracted to them, but I'd be mean and I wouldn't know why. So fast forward almost nine, 10 years, there was this this girl, woman, she, I think she was 18, 19 at the time, and I basically shat on her all over social media. Very rude, just deeply hurt her. 10 years after that, I'm 28, 29, and this this burden that I've been carrying for all these years came up and there was this voice and I, it was after it was after going to a men's retreat and and really diving deep into myself and this came up and I was like you've got to say something you've got to reach out to this person you haven't spoken to in ten years and apologize. So she lives in Australia. I live in Canada, and I reached out to her. I said, "Hey, this came up for me. I might, you might not even see this. We don't follow each other. Just wanted to apologize." Here's why this happened. I don't expect you to reply because forgiveness is more for yourself than somebody else. I was forgiving myself. I felt like in my process of forgiving myself, I needed to say something to her. Whether or not she forgave me or not was not the point. The point was is that I reached out and did what I could control. So I apologized and she responded. And when she responded, I instantly started crying. She said, Thank you, Aaron. I've waited 10 years for you to say that. And I don't know how much it affected her. It sounded like it affected her a lot. And it had deeply wounded her confidence and I deeply hurt her, which I, I regret more than anything. But that is an example. Why do I tell you this? Why do I tell you this story? That's an example of one of those bigger burdens, one of those bigger burdens, of those big rocks in the backpack. The little rocks, change the light bulb, booking the doctor's appointment, canceling the gym membership. Those big rocks is the heavy lifting. But without dealing with these smaller little rocks, these smaller things, you won't gain that momentum, that confidence, that little boost, that little feeling of freedom within yourself. Because that's what it creates. It's like booking that doctor's appointment or whatever it may be. You know what that feeling is like. It feels good. You're like, man, that feels good. Like, okay, I'm I don't have to think about that anymore. That silly little thing that's been nagging at me all the time, it's gone. And then you have more room in your life. The more room you have in your life, the, the easier you can tackle these big rocks. So that was a big rock for me. That had been holding me back for a long time. And I remember thinking, I was like, why do I turn into a weirdo when I'm really attracted to somebody? Just turn into a weirdo. Like I, I would, I would get this anxious effect. I would feel sweaty. I would get sweaty palms. I would like want to run away. 
it, it happened. It was, it's a very strange feeling if you're very attracted to somebody. It happened when I met Lexi. It happened any time before. I, it just happened all the time. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why am I acting this way when all I want to do is to go talk to this person and connect with this person? But there's this thing of like, be mean, run away, unsafe. No, fuck that. And that was created at 11, 12 years old which manifested in hurting this woman, which 20 years after it first happened, I apologized for something that had nothing to do with her. It was all me. So that's an, an example of one of those bigger things. Step three, pinpoint standards and expectations. So to recap, number one would be get rid of the little rocks, these tiny little things. Number two would be identify the bigger, heavier rocks that are in your backpack. Number three would be pinpoint standards and expectations. Examine your expectations, your responsibilities, and standards of excellence that have been put on you by yourself or others. Expectations do, that you do not resonate at your core create pressure and stress. Standards that do not resonate with your core but you have not grown into yet can also bring overwhelm and stress. Noticing where you have set the bar allows you to get clear with what you can and cannot commit to. In either case, allowing you to release the burden. That's what it says here. So it's very interesting. What do I think of when I think of this? I think of a young person that's going to school, going to university for their parents. I hear this all the time. Oh, my mom and dad want me to go to school. Well, what do you want? My mom and dad want me to be an accountant, doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is. That creates a lot of pressure. That's a very heavy burden. If that doesn't feel true to you or true to yourself, that's a heavy burden to carry. And you're living your life for you. That's the point of living your life. What happens with these people who have these expectations of you? What, if, what, what happens when they pass away one day and you spend 20, 30, 40 years of your life trying to live up to an expectation that wasn't even yours, didn't even feel true to you? That's really hard. A lot of people have this, especially from their parents, especially from their parents. They have these expectations that they feel like they have to live up to that maybe are not theirs. Or perfectionism is a great example of this, of like, I have to be perfect because otherwise my mom and dad won't love me. That's a perfect example of that. So examining these, these expectations and these things in your life, that would be step number three, like examining, taking inventory of these things that either serve you or don't. Number four, recognizing the subconscious unidentified burdens. This is a big one. Identify the burdens you carry from pre-birth, pre-verbal years, childhood, adolescence, and young adulthood that have fallen into the subconscious. These are less obvious and may be harder to pinpoint, but can often be identified through the rippling patterns developed as a result of unresolved stress and wounding. People can go draw clues by observing family members and people of influence during your younger years and paying attention to what, to what they took on and picked up from them. Some people call this generational trauma. You ever meet people that, like, they're anxious, then you meet their mum or their dad, and they're anxious, and then their grandparents are anxious or fearful? That's a perfect example of these things that are carried down in families, or somebody's negative, 
oh, my mom's negative. Then you read the, the mom's parents and their parents are negative. It's like, well, no fucking wonder. No wonder. It's, it's, it's this generational trauma that gets passed on. And you might not want to be like your mom or your dad, whatever this, maybe they have a, maybe they're very critical of you. You have to be perfect. Then you're very critical of yourself and you have to be perfect. And if you have kids, I'm sorry, but you will treat them the exact same way that you hated to be treated because it's all you know. What you do not transform from within yourself, you will transfer to your children. You have to transform yourself first. Otherwise, you will hurt your kids because you have not done the work to identify these burdens, identify these things that you're carrying that may not even be yours. It's number four. Observe your addictions, attachments, and vices. These correlate directly to the burdens you carry. They form a coping mechanism for stress, trauma, and pain as a defense mechanism to avoid facing the truth. So, for example, what I just mentioned about these generational things, some people, some people's families, and you know this, and you know families, and you felt it, they'll deal with it through alcoholism, for example. So they might be very critical. They might have very critical parents. So their parents drank, and then they drink, and then their kids drink, or smoking cigarettes, for example. It's these things, these addictions, these patterns. Maybe a perfectionism is, a, is an addiction for you. So it's outlining these things that, like say, perfectionism or being critical. Well, what is your defense mechanism to these things? What are you doing about that? So it's identifying these vices, these attachments, these addictions. And the last one, if possible, identify traumas, wounds, and turning points in life. So for example, I identified that. So that story I told about that woman and what I did to her at 19, 20 years old, I was like, why did I do that? Why did I act that way? Why did I shit on her on social media? Why did I try to humiliate her? Why would I do that? I was able to go back and pinpoint that traumatic event that happened when I was 11, 12 years old with a beautiful woman that I really loved at the time. I was a kid. I was a kid. It's a beautiful girl. And I was infatuated with her. And it was the first time I ever noticed a, a woman. I was going through puberty and whatever. But that grew like a vine. Any trauma kind of grows like a vine. I imagine there's this point right here and it grows like a vine and it will influence your life. You have to go back to the root because a lot of us will notice the fruit in our life. And sometimes the fruit is rotten. So, for example, the way that I treated her at 19, 20 years old had nothing to do with her, but that was the fruit created 10 years earlier. So identifying these traumas, it might take a while. It'll probably take years. It might take longer. I don't know how long it'll take. Your journey is your journey. Your path is your path. But if you can identify that, what it did for me is once I identified that, it's like I could see how this had grown through my entire life. I could see how this vine of trauma and this response to that of being mean to beautiful women, even though I think they're beautiful and I'm so attracted to them. Even though that happened, 
It's like that vine dissolved. It evaporated. It's not real. Sure fucking felt real. But if I, if I was able to feel that, I was able to apologize. I was able to go back and rewrite my story. What else does it say here? Keep in mind that people do not have to identify or pinpoint the exact trauma. There are usually too many, and some stem from one's lineage rather than personal experience. So releasing burdens is more about feeling the attachment one has to those burdens. This is done by bringing awareness to the fact that you are holding on to a burden, identifying where and how you've been holding on to it, and consciously setting yourself free by no longer talking about it, thinking about it, and obsessing over it, daydreaming of it, grueling over it, or running from it, or avoiding it. Acknowledge and release it. It can help. It can help to say in your mind out loud, I release you from my from my mind. I will no longer carry you with me. I give you back to where you came from. That right there, those six steps of releasing a burden. If you follow those six steps, I can guarantee it. I can guarantee that at least some of those things will help you. Will it fix everything in your life? No. But I can guarantee you that if you start doing the little things, maybe you don't want to tackle the big rocks right now, but if you tackle some of those little stuff, you'll create more freedom, more space in your life, for, for less worrying, less anxiety. And that's how you really find freedom within yourself, within your emotions, and create more space for love and happiness and all the different emotions in life that makes you a human being. Love you guys. I'll be coming from the Amalfi next week. Hopefully I can put a podcast where there's a Amalfi coast in the background and that'd be really, really cool. You got to see that. But who knows? I don't know what the next week's episode is going to be about. I'll figure it out when it comes. But thank you for listening. I'm so grateful I can record this from anywhere in the world. All I've got is a laptop. This microphone right here, if you see it on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, and then a $100 webcam. That's all. That's all I got. And we're 60 episodes in, and who knows where this journey is going to take me. I don't know, but I'm enjoying it, and I really appreciate you listening, and thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street, just anybody at all, if you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations that we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners, so please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter, and that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. Thank you so much once again.